Have you been through a heartbreak and still having a hard time recovering yourself and your life? What I know about the Toltec path is that it's a powerful path for recovering your own life and your own sense of self and your dignity after a heartbreak. I studied the Toltec teachings and so has Liz Forrest, who's here today. She has actually even apprenticed with Don Miguel Ruiz Sr., as well as with an indigenous Toltec family who have lived in Teotihuacan for generations. She's here to share with us today her own journey recovering from heartbreak after a 21-year partnership. And she's here to tell us about a beautiful offering she's got, Healing Heartbreak, A Path of Transcendence that begins in February. Join us to find out more. You're invited, delighted to discover who you are. Anything is possible if you believe. So join us on this beautiful journey. So let the show. Before we start this episode, I, Carrie Hummingbird, and I, Akeem Sami, want you to know that. You are invited. You're invited to, to join, join Soul Nectar Tribe. If you like what you hear on Soul Nectar Show, you will love being in person with us in Soul Nectar Tribe. We invite you to check it out. First 30 days is free. Right now, go to carryhummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com, forward slash membership, and sign up. We'll We'll see see you at at our our next next tribe gathering. And now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is bigger than us, to the great mystery beyond the veil, to those synchronistic little breadcrumbs that lead us towards this expansion of understanding about who we are and what we're here for and why all this mess is happening in our lives and what are we going to do with that mess? You know, what are we going to make of it? Are we going to become the artists of our dream of life or are we going to, you know, just sort of take the status quo and just kind of try to get through, you know, Wednesday hump day and try to get to TGIF, you know? So it's kind of like, how are you going to live your life? I'm Gary Hummingbird. I love having these kind of conversations and I'm so grateful for each and every one of you that is really with me week after week, having these conversations with me, listening and participating and letting it touch your heart. And I'm really grateful for all of you that join us week after week on this show. It just makes me really happy to know that you find value in these conversations, that it touches you in some way, that it opens up a new realization. I love that. And you know, one of the big things that is going on in the world today, and I don't know what's going on for all of you, but One of the things that I see in the world, certainly in my own evolution, my own process, was that big times of big change often stir up this path to let go of what you thought you were and to open up a whole new potential in your field that could be way more fulfilling than anything you've experienced up until now if you were courageous enough to just follow that call into the wild, into the unknown space, into the place where you're just you know, gosh, what's in that unknown void 
darkness, shadow with some light over there. What's over there? Like what's in the forest? I want to walk in there. I want to walk into the jungle. I don't know what's in there. Is there, is there some big thing that's going to eat me alive? Or is there like some beautiful blessing that's going to be found at the other side of that rainbow over there? And if you don't take the journey, you'll never actually find out. And I understand though, it's like really hard sometimes to take that journey into the new space especially if that journey you're taking is taking you away from a beloved person in your life that you thought I was going to be on the front porch at 80 years old, rocking in a rocking chair next to this person. And then all of a sudden that's taken away from you because you don't see that vision anymore or it just doesn't fit. And there's something beckoning you towards something greater about yourself that you haven't even discovered yet. How do you make that call? You know, how do you decide? Is this my ego resisting love? Is this my ego causing trouble for me and ruining this relationship? Or is this my soul beckoning me towards a new adventure? Sometimes it's hard to make that decision because we really do care about the people in our lives. We care about them and the relationship we've had with them and how much they've meant to us up until now. I certainly understand that. I've been through that letting go process and you know, it takes a long time to let go of somebody that you really love. It takes forever, it seems like. But you can do it with grace. And we're going to have a talk about that today with my good friend, Liz Forrest. Welcome, Liz. Hi, Carrie. So good to be here and see you again. I'm so grateful to see you. Last time I saw Liz Forrest, we were learning how to lead groups across the fire and firewalk training school. We were walking on fire, Carrie. We, you and I, we walked I on a whole... seven days straight. <laughs> seven days straight. Long fires too. We we and we were working with a wood that stuck to the bottom of your foot if you weren't careful. So we had a lot of fun down there in Mexico on in firewalk training school with Heather Ashmar. So beautiful, beautiful teachings. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Liz, because you know, besides just that I know her and she's awesome, I should probably let you know a little bit more about her. So Liz is actually a Toltec teacher. She's been teaching Toltec for over two decades as she has learned them through her guides. And she was first introduced by the Toltec master, Don Miguel Ruiz Sr., who we all know is the author of The Four Agreements. And you know that I love that book and I'm always telling everybody here, read that book like at least 30 times front to back. It's pretty amazing. Reprogram your brains with the book. And um, Liz has studied with one of his students, Bernadette Vigil, who um, was her first apprentice. And she's the author of The Mastery of Awareness. And so Mastery of Awareness. Awareness is a key teaching of the Toltec practices. And Liz has also studied since with many other teachers, certifications, all these beautiful things, the lead power journeys and all the stuff. I'll put the all the details in the show notes so you can find out way more details about, about Liz and her background. But she's also studied, and this is really important to me, with an indigenous Toltec family who've lived in Teotihuacan for generations. And This is such a beautiful gift when you can, as a Western person, when you can study with an indigenous person that is, you know, not to say there's anything about people that are in the limelight because people in the limelight are messengers and they're doing such a great service by being in the limelight and sharing their wisdom with us. And there's people that just practice this as their lives. And they're, you know, they're usually extremely humble people who just want to help. And it's such a blessing. Liz has been able to study in an apprenticeship with uh, Valentin uh, Cervantes. For in the family for like two decades, more than two decades. What a gift to really get an embodiment of Toltec wisdom. So 
there's going to be great stuff offered to you. Um, I know Liz has got some great offers for all of you um, at the end of our broadcast. So stay tuned. There's a free gift coming and also a complimentary session. So like, you know, hang out to get the details on how to get that. But in the meantime, Liz, like tell us about how you started your journey, because by the time I met you, you've already, you'd already had quite a lot of wisdom Toltec training even before I met you. And that was, I don't know, five years ago or something, maybe more, maybe seven. Time passes really fast. I don't know how long ago it was. (laughs) So tell us about, you know, your beginnings of your journey. Thanks, Carrie. It was actually 2014. You and I were walking on fire for a week. (laughs) How did I I forget? (laughs) Yeah, time. It's a, it's an interesting concept, but it's, yeah, it's very easy to lose the track of how long things were. Everything's a couple of years ago to me now. So I understand. I first want to say what you mentioned about Valentin Cervantes. And yes, I I just so resonate with what you, what, what you shared there to have the great honor and blessing. And I don't know, how to describe it really, because that's, that's, it feels so much more than that to be invited into uh, an indigenous family over time, over time. It, you know, it wasn't like I showed up at the door and said, you know, hey, I want to learn. No, it was over time. And through my own teacher, Bernadette Vigil, that I was introduced to Valentin Cervantes in particular. And I also, as a Western person, glad you brought that in too, Carrie. I also want to emphasize that permission is required to pass on the teachings and the ceremonies that I've been initiated into at different levels. And so that's a really important piece that I always like to emphasize whenever I'm doing any talks in my classes that I have, my workshops and classes and different things that I offer, that permission is necessary to receive before we do anything. And so, and that has been true. Again, I'm very blessed to have been uh, initiated, taught, uh, trained, guided, and given permission to pass it on. And as you also said, just to help. It's like an open door of help. And so I'm very grateful. Yeah, it's so important, isn't it, to honor the Indigenous wisdom, you know, by really studying with Indigenous people directly and then asking permission to share the things that you learn. And that has been a journey for me as well. So I, you know, I get so enthusiastic about sharing with people things that help me heal. And so I understand anybody that's listening who feels the same, like, oh my gosh, I learned so many things. I want to just share it with more people so they can be also blessed. And yes, and there's also right relationship and timing and like what you're sharing and how you're sharing it. And, you know, getting the permission in the form of some initiation or some, you know, there's like, there's stages of learning that they want to be sure that you've got like this place in place and then that piece is said right and everything, the foundation is correct. So when you're transmitting the information, it's actually accurate. And I've had to learn that, you know, it's taken me a while, but I've gotten to that place to be able to teach the Incan teachings, for example, with a guide. (laughs) You know, I'm not alone teaching that. I have Indigenous people helping me because I know I'm new. And it's, it's really, the Indigenous thinking is so different than Western thinking. So it's really important we take the time to decondition before we step into that path. Yes, I absolutely agree with you, Carrie. And I, and take it a step further. I would say uh, not only permission, uh, certainly permission, but before that is, and I think I already said this just a minute ago, is it's earned. You know, the permission is earned and not expected. I really relate to what you're saying about how, you know, the Indigenous people, they, they pass on their, their uh, wisdom in a very different way. And sometimes us Westerners, you know, we like to move quick. That's certainly been my experience in my life. You know, we want, we want, it, we want it all now and we, we, you know, sometimes we're impatient. 
and yeah, I know I can do this. And really that, that is more of the ego rather than the soul in, in, in my, in my opinion, that that's what drags us along in that direction. And so a lot of times it is about sitting, being patient, waiting and earning that permission to pass on whatever it is that, that, that we are being taught in, in the moment. And so that's, that's been a really huge teaching for me is to just wait, be patient, be aware, just be quiet, just observe. Yeah. And like there's no rush, you know, like the ego definitely feels that there's a rush. I mean, I have an, I have impatience in my gene keys chart. And so anybody who else will has impatience, it might be in your chart. I don't know. It could be a Western thing too, but I do. And I like my brain wants to know first you take the primary education and then you get the secondary education, then you get graduated and then this happens. And then you can graduate with honors, right? We have this whole system that's all predictable. And the wild way is not that. The wild way is, have you actually learned the lesson? Is it embodied? Like, did you actually embody these teachings to now it's a way of life? Then you can move to the next place. And there isn't really somebody that can guide you for some of this stuff. You've got to work direct with spirit. So, and that part freaks out a lot of Western people. Yeah, just, that's really beautiful. Yeah, work directly with spirit. Deepen that connection with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and um, yeah, I was a quester from a very young age as a child. As a child, I was raised in a family with no religious or spiritual direction. And so, um, you know, maybe other people out there can relate to that. And so, I mean, as a really little girl, five, six years old, I, I you know, I was wanting to go to the Catholic church with the neighbors and you know, I was, I was very interested and wanting to know what was beyond this, that we were living day to day. And that continued throughout my whole continuing and continued, uh, you know, through my teen years and, and, and into my early twenties. And I studied a lot of different paths and some were, you know, very organized religion and some more spiritual and some, you know, moving into the new age teachings at that time. And it always felt like at a point I would have to leave the group because somebody was excluded. There was, some, there was something that, that I, I would have to, uh, I couldn't accept because there was, there was some part that was not resonating with me because all of a sudden there was, a, there was an exclusion of a certain percentage of people because they weren't doing or doing something that wasn't accepted. And when I discovered the Toltec teachings, which was in 1988 with Don Miguel Ruiz in a very, very small interaction uh, when I came to Santa Fe to go to healing arts school. That's what I was coming. That's what I thought I was coming to Santa Fe, New Mexico for <laughs> was to go to school for a couple of years and learn about healing arts. <laughs> Little did, did you that. know you were going to start a whole life path. <laughs> <laughs> and I did that. And then I met the uh, gallery senior at that time. And uh, yeah, and my, the, the whole trajectory went in another direction. And I really resonated with his energy right off. I, he spoke no English. I spoke no Spanish at the time. It was his energy. That really, uh, it was, you know, that kind of energy that you just want to be around. And uh, so through him, I met one of his first four apprentices. She's already been mentioned, Bernadette, a very powerful Nagual woman. And I began apprenticing with her a couple of years later. And my point being that in my first initial introductions to the Toltec community here in New Mexico, I was always alerted to, okay, is there going to come a point when I'm going to have to say, no, I, I can't stay because not everyone is welcome here. And it never came and it never came and it has never come. And so that was really a big impetus for me, Carrie, to that this, okay, that I, I can walk this, I can learn, I can, I can integrate and walk this path because we're all welcome here. And is that not what, what you know, what being human is, is, is being 
we're all the same. We're all, we're all, we're all the same with many differences and we're all here for our education and for our evolution. And so that really led me forward in a big way, in a big committed way, step by step by step. And I was, you know, a, a baby apprentice for the first couple of years and then uh, moved on through my apprenticeship for, for a decade, about a decade. And I want to say one thing before that. What took me to Santa Fe was I was at a point in my life where I knew I had to change something. I was really floundering. It was about my mid-20s or so. And I was living in Canada at the time, which is where I'm from. And I was floundering. I was confused and I knew something had to change. And I didn't know, I didn't know how to make it change. I didn't know how to find it. And I had a dream. And the dream, in the dream I saw, Santa Fe. And for those of you that have been to New Mexico, uh, you know, the architecture here, the adobe looking, if not authentic, adobe houses and, and structures, the turquoise doors, the high desert. And that's what I saw in the dream, and I'd never been here. And so when I decided what it was I was going to do, I'd always been interested in the alternative healing arts, but I did not uh, explore that until this time. And so I started applying at schools, and I was getting all these calendars back and you know applications for different schools. I probably applied to maybe, I don't know, 10 or so schools in Canada and the U.S. And the one I got from the school in Santa Fe, when I opened it up, on the front cover was the dream I had. So that was the direction. Clear yeah. sign from spirit. Exactly. Go yeah. here. But you thought you were going for that and you ended up going for something else. And that's what I also love about spirit is the misdirection. You know, it's like, or I should say indirection. You know, it's like, okay, you're going to go here because you think this is it. But actually there's a greater gift hidden just behind that. Exactly. And that, you know, the prayer of creator, give me the courage to follow the direction, you know, show me the way. That's one thing. That's one part. Please show me the way. And then the next part is, and give me the courage <laughs> to follow what you're showing me. And that was it. So in a very short time, I had, I had relocated to, to Santa Fe, New Mexico from the West coast of Canada. And yes, my path opened up. I met Domingo Ruiz. I met Bernadette Vigil. I met the person who became my uh, life partner for 25 years and uh, began a lot of really intensive study and immersion into the culture uh, here in, in New Mexico. And also what happened was I really, in a very short period of time, realized this was my heart home. And I've spent time in New Mexico off and on for the past 30 years, and now have completely relocated here. And that was another resonance that I didn't feel in that way in my young life, even from, you know, the place I was born, which is very beautiful and I've loved it and I still love it. There was something that happened. There was something that happened when I arrived here that opened me in a way that I hadn't experienced before. And that, and that's, that still continues to this day. Mm -hmm. There's some, there's some, uh, the energetic here and my own energy recognize each other. I don't know how to, I don't know what it is, of course. And I don't really need to know. I just know that I, it, it's like I thrive here. And I feel very well here. And so that happened pretty immediately after I arrived in New Mexico all those many years ago. And so from there, I began to, again, with permission, was uh, started to, to attract people to pass these teachings on. And so over time, I've offered many workshops and classes. And eventually, in Canada, I had a center for 15 years with my partner. We had a Toltec center on an island off of the west coast of Vancouver, off of the west coast of Canada, and ran that, the Kiva on Salt Spring, 
it was called. And we ran that for 15 years. And uh, so had a lot of big events there and invited other teachers. And it was a it, beautiful chapter of my life and a, and a very powerful and strong community, which is still there and still doing the work. And I'm very connected, uh, even though I'm not in body there anymore, but we, we still work energetically together. And many of those people still travel with me when I take the journeys to Teotihuacan and other places. And so it was such such an involvement. And then at a point, which was 2014, again, I was guided in a totally different direction from Salt Spring and from the center that we had there because my partner of and I of 25 years, we separated after a very long and beautiful life together. We had the center, we had businesses together, we had properties, we were really big pillars in our community. We had a lot of friends, we did a lot of traveling, we were super compatible in lots of ways. And then we started to fray. That's really how I see it now. We saw our relationship, our marriage started to fray around the edges until it came completely apart and we separated. And that was 2013, we separated. And so from there, I embarked on what I call emotional excavation, because that's really what it was, a big path of emotional excavation. And for those of us that have gone through a big heartbreak, we know it affects us on all levels. It is a path of transcendence. That's my uh, experience. It was a path of transcendence. And uh, I wanted to learn about what happened, what, like, bring it all up bring it all out and have a really close look at my 50% of the relationship, which is, which is what we are. We're 50%. We're not hundred percent. Uh, we're hundred percent relationship with ourselves for sure, but 50% of the relationship. And so again, my questing continued in a little bit different way through my heartbreak experience. And it was a complete severing of our relationship. We really went in two different directions. And so I went on a walkabout for quite a few months and uh, I went to your part of the world, Carrie, to, to yeah, and to the firewalk training and to all that. Mexico mm-hmm. and sought out my spiritual teachers and uh, really embraced what was going on for me. And it was incredible. At the time, I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> I wouldn't have said it was incredible. It was super painful, devastating, d- disappointing. I felt like a failure. You know, many many things that come, and at the same time. I went through such growth and expansion of myself and, and my experience of myself, of myself. Yeah. And so, That's so powerful, but you know, and I remember you in that, in that moment as well. And I was going through quite a bit myself with my breakup um, yeah. of 20 years and having two children shared and having to continue to be in contact over the children. And in my case, just tons of family drama and, you know, different things. Cause I'd also been speaking, you know, being a speaker teacher out there in the public is challenging when, you know, things happen in your relationship. And then what are you supposed to talk about? Well, you're talk, you're here to teach about the thing that you just went through. So, you know, it complicates all of those family dynamics even more. But I remember that. I remember we, we had many moments of commonality with like, gosh, we're going through these, you know, big severings and how to honor that, you know, how to do it with grace and honor. And, you know, the former me would have just like blasted the person, you know, like, oh, it's all their fault and blah, 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 blah. 
But then when you start to walk in the Toltec path, it's like, you can't do that anymore because you know that you're projecting that all over the other person. It's your reality. You know, so that's what I love about the Toltec path. It's like, is like 100% total responsibility over your dream of life and what's happening in your dream of life. And if you don't like that thing, when you get to change it, right? So that takes a while to get through to process all that. Definitely. And the practices, you know, were the only thing really for me in my process. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it really distills it all down. And, uh, you know, the effect on all our levels, absolutely, our physical and emotional and uh, our mental well-being and our, you know, our, our strength of spirit in ourselves and connection to that greater than, than ourselves, however you talk about it. And also, really great gift of learning these shamanic practices before I went through this experience was my energy body. Because of course, you know, our energy body is as, as affected as all the other parts of us. And so to, to have tools and know how to reclaim my energy from the experience bit by bit by bit, all those places that it was still hooked and trapped. And as you've already said, projected onto the other person, to be able to reclaim all my energy back for me, most powerful. I mean, at the very least, have more energy. And also it clears the space right? It clears the space for the transformation of healing. At the same time, to be able to release other people's energy, in this case, my ex-partner, to be able to release her energy back to her. It, it, it belongs to her, even though I know sometimes it doesn't feel like that when we're really merged with another person, but that's the truth. And so the practices that I learned through the Toltec traditions of how to do that in a really specific way were so supportive, helpful, transformative transformative through my experience yeah. yeah it's um it's that's one of the things i try to explain to people is that you know psychology is one aspect of healing right i mean being able to tell the story or to see the story that you're telling and then to have support through that storytelling you know that's one aspect and that's super helpful it's very profound like to be able to witness the story you're telling but you know then there's energy <laughs> and you know i mean you can have an idea in your mind like oh i forgive this person but then the energy is not saying that. And so, you know, it's like we, when we start to work with the energetic level and we actually clear it, then you can do an authentic release and be like, you know, I authentically accept this and I authentically release this person. And then it's real. But until that actually, you know, that energetic release happens and that cognitive understanding at the same time, it doesn't really ever release. And it still sort of like nags at you, you know, and then the other person you know, in this case, what I experienced was that I had lots of triggers with the other person, lots of things where I would get triggered. And then, so I started realizing, oh, I can use all these Toltec tools to like untrigger myself from these things. And so that they can just keep doing what they're doing all day long and slide up and down my field, but I'm not going to be bothered by it. Like I'm, I'm clear on that. And that was my work. And because we had children, it was a constant, right? Because there was always something coming up that I could get triggered over. And I was like, oh, I'm triggered over that. Okay, let's do the work. Like, that's mine to own. So I'm going to clear my own trigger on that. Because <laughs> whatever story I made up about it, you know, it has nothing to do with him, really. It's just to do with how I'm reacting to the behavior. Yeah, exactly. And the energy work for me, and uh, what, what I'm hearing you describe, Carrie, is like it, it was It was the, really the key. It, it was really the key. All the other pieces that, for sure, therapy and counseling and, you know, emotional release and all those things. Yeah. That they're all essential and, and so valuable. 
And when you bring in forgiveness, which is a big topic, and it's a, you know, I know I've experienced a lot of times in spiritual circles and different things and different books about, you know, be able to let it go and, and forgive. And it all sounds really good. But as you know, you already mentioned, you can process that intellectually. And yeah, we, we want to forgive. And whether, you know, wanting to forgive and actually creating the space where that can actually happen is more than one component of us, in my opinion. And uh, forgiveness is, is, you know, again, in my opinion, it's not, it's not the goal. It's a result. It's a result of working with ourselves and our own healing first because of course we can't you know we can't offer anything that we're not holding for ourselves and so it, it it's a result of deep healing and going through you know a, a really devastating experience of heartbreak which you know heartbreak no matter the length of time no matter how long the relationship when we feel like our heart has been broken that's some of the biggest work i think we can do is to work with ourselves to heal and reclaim and recover our hearts our empowerment and be able to offer the transformation within ourselves and then you know th then see what happens down you know down the road with that being the result of forgiving the other person and yeah it's you know it's not about being done too you know it's a it's a partnership and so to be able to also release the projection that it's somebody else's fault because we also know through the Toltec practices that when we're in blame we're in judgment that's a depletion of energy that's not that's not a reclaim or or, or a collection of our energy. It, it's, yeah, it's not it's, a powerful stance. It's no, you know, it's, it's, a it's like a slippery slope. You know, you're going to slide down because anytime you put it outside of yourself, you put it outside of your own control. And when you do that, then you can't do anything with it. You're sort of waiting for the other person to do something. You know, like he should do this or she should do that, and then now you're in a trap because you're waiting for this other person to agree, and they're probably not going to agree because they don't see it the way you see it. So. Yeah, it's really tricky. I, you know, an added complication with children I noticed is that the biology, I realized at some point, which also spurred me on to keep doing the work because I realized, wait a second, like my children have 50% my DNA and 50% their dad's. So if I'm at war with their dad, effectively their DNA is at war inside their bodies. I don't want that. I'm not going to have that. So it made it extra special for me to just go, you know what? I'm going to do my work until that's resolved because I want my children to be at peace with both sides, you know, both parents. I want them to feel love. But in order to do that, like you were talking about, I want to get back to what you were talking about with, um, with you know, how heartbreak can be so devastating is because we have a certain identity of ourselves that's formed through that bond. And then we've also created like systems or structures of safety and intimacy with this person that allowed us to feel safe, that maybe provided like some measure of safety for our inner child in order to have that configuration of that relationship. So yeah, when the relationship goes away, the inner child is kind of like, where's my safety? But that's an invitation. That's an open door to something more true. So talk about that. Yeah. The triggers of through separation. And yeah, what, what you said, uh, Carrie, you know, let's just backtrack a little bit. You know, there's been a lot of information about that. We draw the person to us who is going to, in a conscious, in a conscious exchange, help us heal our deepest wounds. And we're reflecting that back to the other person. And so, you know, with a conscious exchange where people, both people are aware of that. And so when, when things arise, 
we both are willing and open and safe enough with each other, yes, to be able to work through that. And so that's, you know, that's, that's the ideal uh, relationship, to be aware of that and also to, to work with that. And then the opposite of what you're talking about is when we, we have this illusion, perhaps, of safety. And so when, when that relationship starts to come apart and our unhealed wounds inside ourselves, uh, inner child, yes, our young self, very threatened. And if I'm not with this person, then what's going to happen to me? And how, who am I now if I'm not with this person? How, what's what's my identity? And who's going who's going to save me? Who's going to take care of me? Who's going to hold me and meet me? And all the things that our young, unhealed, wounded child is seeking until until she's not. Yeah, until she's not. And so, yeah, the devastation on all those levels, that's why, uh, you know, I feel that heartbreak is one of the biggest things that we can, we can work through. And I also really am a great supporter of uh, working through all those levels from an experience of heartbreak without then coupling to another person until we have way more clarity around who we are and what we're wanting and the work that we've done. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we've all witnessed it, you know, watching people who go through heartbreak and then they're immediately in another relationship. It's still, you know, it's still projecting out into that someone needs to save me to, to do this work for me, to somehow fill those gaps in me that uh, are still are, are still in need. When again, in a more conscious evolutionary process with ourselves to be able to learn how to do that for ourselves. And I don't mean lone wolfing it. No, I don't mean that. I mean, I know supportive community and, and people who can guide us and different teachers and facilitators for sure. I'm more talking about doing that external projection into where's the next person who's going to bring this to me instead of me bringing it to myself for myself. I think when I met you, I was in that part. Yeah. Like I was like, Oh, I've got to find Mr. Right, <laughs> you know, because like this thing didn't work and this guy, da, 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 da. so I was on the hunt for like the next guy, you know, and I spent five years like dating different men and like, it was actually like a really good self-discovery process to do that, you know, to do that dating process. It was also filled with heartbreak because of course none of it worked out, you know, those five years, it didn't work out at all. But I, I got to learn so much about myself. So I think it also can be, you know, if you can take it like that, like, oh, this is not going to last, you know, so whatever's happening right now is for my own edification to learn, like what patterns am I snared up in? And and just like, because if you're learning from relationship, like I'm a person that likes to learn from relationship, then that gives you a chance to learn with clarity, like that this is just, you know, this is a temporary learning situation. Then you don't get yourself all heartbroken so many times, but I did. <laughs> but then like, I will say you're right. Like there is some way that if you could be patient about it, you can drop into so much more self-assurance and self-awareness and self-centered, you know, like not in a bad way, but self-centeredness, like centered in yourself that you're, you know, you're fine no matter what. And until that happens, the real partner, next partner isn't going to show up. And that's what I experienced, that frustration of like, I wasn't there, I wasn't there, I wasn't there. And then all of a sudden I was there and I let it go. And I was like, well, I'm good. I'm just going to enjoy my life. Forget it. And then one month later, it came, walked in the door and I was like, oh, there he is. I knew you were coming. I mean, I got the memo that I was supposed to meet you. And 
but even still, I, Liz, I still, we still spent like, for me, I know five years in our relationship, I was still confronted by those old demons. I was still confronted by those old things. And I had to discern, this is not my new husband. This is not that. This is an old pattern. Like it's not. And so that level of consciousness that was required was really, really like super conscious awareness of like, oh, honey, this is not yours. This is my stuff. And to be really aware of that and conscious of that in the relationship to keep the new thing growing and alive, you know, even as the old is still healing and releasing this, there's no timeline. Like how much time does that take? I don't know. I mean, I 10 years out now, and I think it's pretty much cleared, but then there's, it could be another whole layer, (laughs) you know? So you never know when it's going to poke up and like come back out again. Yeah. That's really a beautiful articulation. Carrie, I love that. And it takes a certain level of awareness to be able to identify, oh, okay, this isn't, this isn't in my present relationship. This is something coming from the past. And so again, to know where, you know, where we're still kind of hooked. And also, you know, when we kind of fall asleep for a minute and maybe, you know, get into it in our present day, realize I'm in my past, you know, like I'm still being pulled back into a previous experience. And it does take a, a high level of awareness to, to recognize that. Yeah, to recognize that and and clear it and clear it best we can without dragging anybody else into it. Yeah, I mean, I just did another whole layer of clear. I went to the jungle and I was doing some plant dieta. And so I took the opportunity to be with the dieta and be like, okay, let's just be clear. Like, abre corazón to mi amor, Akim, and to mi familia, familia Sami. Just abre corazón, abre cuerpecito, whatever needs to go, just it, I'm willing to let it release. Like, because this is my new reality. And I just kept saying, Serato, old story. <laughs> like, close that. That is closed. Close it off. Like, it's done. I've, I've, inv- I've like looked under every single rock for a piece of gold that it's exhausted. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's just time to close that door and allow it to be released as it is. And I think that acceptance is really the hardest part of letting go, right, Liz? It's like, it's accepting what happened because I don't know for you or anybody listening, but for me, the thing was like, what did I go wrong? What could I have done differently? What didn't yeah. I say? What didn't I do? How could I have steered this ship differently if I'd made a different choice? And that's the what ifs. Yeah. We can get lost in what ifs. I did anyway for quite a while. Yeah. And I really appreciate that too. Yeah. To accept the truth. First of all, we have to tell ourselves the truth. Like be willing to tell ourselves the actual truth and to accept that. That's really one of the very first steps in in recovering ourselves from heartbreak, uh, I feel, is, you know, because there's lots of reasons we don't want to tell the truth. We're afraid and, uh, you know, what's going to happen now and, you know, lots of delusion and, and denial and, you know, all that stuff that can come in if we're not willing to stand in our truth with ourselves. And, you know, then that allows us to have some kind of glimpse about how we're going to go forward if we're not telling ourselves the truth. Another piece I wanted to bring in too, um, Carrie, is so helpful is ceremony, is to do ceremony. Our minds need ceremony. And so, you know, as we work through the process of healing ourselves in this very transformative experience of heartbreak, which I know, again, does not feel like that in the beginning when we're raw and really cracked open, does not feel transformative. Feel, you know, it feels like we're flat on our face or sure can. Uh, but then as we decide as conscious people that we want to walk forward and heal and create the life that we desire and that we deserve, 
ceremony plays a huge part. And you, you just referred to, you know, part of what you were, what you were experiencing uh, in, in your ceremony. And, you know, there's, there's, there's lots of ways to have ceremony. But my point is that that is another really big healing piece that I've learned from the Toltec traditions and others to bring in ceremony. That also, you know, it's symbolic and it's also an energetic release. That's one piece. There's other ways to do ceremony that give us, you know, much more clear realizations and help us to have a more expansive view about what it is that we're in. Because I don't know what it's like for you, Carrie, but, you know, sometimes it felt like everything was just right here in front of my face and I couldn't have any space back from it. (laughs) You're nodding and smiling. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know that one. Yeah, it's hard to see it when it's that close. Yeah, and it's all you see. You know, it's all you see. And there's other things going on besides that. And so, you know, believe it or not, I know, again, might not feel like that. But if we can expand our perception of the whole picture, of the whole truth, of acceptance, and bringing in the next pieces for our clarity of how to go forward. And I really support, really encourage, really believe in ceremony. And it can be simple. It can be really elaborate to help our minds, to help our minds have another, another focus. And also, of course, to help, you know, help our emotions and, and feed our energetic body because that's what ceremony does. Yeah, that because our us. minds think they know what's right. And, you know, and from the mind point of view, it seems really obvious that that's correct and that other thing is wrong. And so the, it's really so easy to go into judgment. But from ceremony in the opening and kind of putting yourself in being the hollow bone and receiving information, you can receive guidance from your soul, from the ancestors, from the soul of your partner. Like you can receive more guidance if you're willing to receive it. Sometimes it takes a while to get willing to receive it. And I've had, I've had things like that. I won't go into detail here, but there's been some things I super judged um, the father of my children for. And then all, then like years later, like even just like as much as nine years, 10 years later in ceremony, I get this download and I'm like, oh my God, it was the perfect thing. I can't believe I thought that was so terrible. And then I found out that is actually exactly what my child needed. Oh my gosh. And then I was like grateful, you know, and I was like, I'm so sorry I misunderstood. And thank you for sharing, you know, because I'm finally open to hearing from his soul, like why that thing happened. And I was like, oh, well, that actually was a really good choice. Thank you for doing that for my son, for our son, because I was judging you. I was so angry, but actually that was right on. And so I like this, like years later, if you're open, the more open you are, the more the truth can come in. But if you're really kind of attached to your perspective, then, you know, it's really hard for spirit to get through to share a different idea with you. Yeah. And offer a total, totally different perception, which is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. Yeah. Total reversal. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm so grateful that you stuck to your guns on that, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> now that I understand the implications of it. Oh, well, Thanks. You know, I was kind of judging you. I was actually really judging you. But now I see why I see the wisdom in it. And I can honor you for the decision you made at the soul level. It didn't make sense at my personality level, but it makes a lot of sense at the soul level. So thank you for sticking to your guns on that and not being swayed by my emotional outbursts. Yeah. And also what what I can uh, relate to around that, Carrie, is that in the years that have passed, uh, since my separation, I also see my ex-partner in a way that I never did before because of, you know, w- w- what we're talking about, you know, is having our own projections all over the place or, you know, holding a certain 
uh, opinion or judgment or or whatever it is that you know we, we limit our own experience of, of who this person actually is you know or what it is they're doing and that, that was such a great example that you gave i do not have children so that was not between us but you know as time has passed it's like oh okay you know i i, I didn't realize that i didn't realize that about you i didn't see you i didn't actually see you in this context and so it's a great gift and it doesn't come immediately. It doesn't, you know, it, it, it's not, it's not something that, that comes right away. At least it sure didn't for me, but it's part of, you know, where we started this path of transcendence. And, and if we can commit to ourselves on that level, even through something as devastating as heartbreak, there is a broader experience waiting for you. Oh gosh. That's so, so, so true. I love that. Powerful wisdom, Liz. You know, I, I love this conversation and I want to invite everybody to check out Liz's offerings. So tell us a little bit about how people can get started with you. I know you have a new course that you're offering, Healing Heartbreak, A Path of Transcendence, that begins early February in 2022. Yeah, that is a year-long investment in yourself. And it is specifically for people who are healing heartbreak. And I did call it a path of transcendence for all the reasons that I've already explained, because I really believe it is. And uh, it's going to offer a lot of different things. I'll just give you a, you know, a little short overview. It's There's practical steps to help with the truth of the transformation that you're in. I want to say that it doesn't matter if it was yesterday or if it was a few years ago. I have people who are studying with me uh, in a course that I'm holding right now that it's very raw. I actually have one person in my class who divorced 20 years ago and is still being influenced by that divorce. And so she has courageously stepped into this course because she is wanting her personal freedom. And so it doesn't matter about the timeline of when you experienced heartbreak. Uh, There's tools to uh, stabilize your emotional well-being and shamanic energy practices and spiritual guidelines to strengthen your foundation. There is ceremony. And I'm going to teach the specific practice that we we touched on of how to reclaim your energy, your own energy back to you, how to release other people's energy to create the transformation that is then created when you extricate yourself. And it's all going to be a, there's also going to be a five-day retreat here in New Mexico included in that year program. So that's going to be, uh, in, I'm not sure exactly what month yet, starts in February, it'll be sometime in the fall that a retreat here will be included to go to the sacred sites, specifically my my favorite sites here, to help clear our energy bodies and also and also receive rejuvenation from the, the beautiful sacred lands here in New Mexico. So that's a little overview. Oh gosh, that sounds so juicy and delicious. And and having been on this path before in terms of like Toltec wisdom and rewiring your life and opening the door to new potential and jumping out of the old ship and like, don't know where it's going to go. Like take the journey. I mean, take the journey. If you're called, if this is really where you're going, such a beautiful journey, your reawakening of yourself and, and a you that you probably lost touch with, you know, really early, you know, so you can reawaken that part of you that you thought might've just gotten lost in the jumble of your childhood. And here's another opportunity to, awaken this part and and then also like your soul connection i mean there's just so much good stuff that can happen from these programs i feel like i'm case in point (laughs) you'll read awakening to me and then go back and listen to this interview (laughs) you'll see i'm not the same person i was when i wrote that book and that was in the couple first couple years of my transformation so yeah 
Carrie, I just want to say, I remember that when we were together, yeah. your, your box of books came. You, yeah. you just received the publication of going from we to me, correct? Yeah, because I published Awakening to Me first, and then I wrote From We to Me. And that From We to Me was like my synopsis of like what happens when you go through divorce and you start dating in midlife and it's so awkward and you're like, uh, how do I do this? And then it's, it's just, you know, it's such a interesting time of life. And yeah, that was my attempt to provide some guidance from my own messy experience for anybody that was interested. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is beautiful. And I know that in the in the show notes, everybody, we do have um, a link to the free gift in the show notes. And we also have a link to, if you want to book a 30-minute complimentary session with Liz to discuss, you know, how you might work with her, there's actually, you can email her at the Kiva, which is the, and then K-I-V-A at me.com. So that's all available um, in the show notes. So you can check that out. And I want to just give you an opportunity. Is there anything else you want to share with people before we wrap up the show? I want to say thanks, Carrie, so much. Thank you. It's really great to be with you again, even though we're on a screen. It's it's so great. I appreciate your energy so much and all that you're doing, all that you're leading, facilitating, teaching, guiding. I really acknowledge your work. And so thank you. And I'd be so honored to work with anybody who's pulled to this after hearing our conversation today. I would love to work with all of you, any of you that are that your heart's pulling you to finally lay down any residual from heartbreak and step into your personal freedom to create the life that you desire and deserve. Yeah. Desire and deserve. Beautiful words. All right. Well, you know, this is the time to show that I ask you for favors, everybody. Like share this out, you know, share this episode out, send it out, give it a rating on iTunes or YouTube, wherever you found it, you know, engage with it because when you engage with it, then more people are going to find it because that's just how those search engines work. You know, if you engage with it, then more people are going to discover it. And it's pretty simple. So if you can do that for us, that would be great help. Really appreciate that. We want this message to get out to more people that need it. And this kind of wisdom is still sort of, you know, in the back room up until now, Um, you know, we're still trying to get this wisdom out into the general mainstream area and it's uh, can be challenging. So you can, you can really help us do that. And we're going to give you kisses now. So you ready to give kisses, Liz? Because we're going to give everybody kisses. Sure. Here they come. We love you so much, everybody. Here comes our love and kisses. We love you. And we hope you have a fantastic week. And we'll see you next time on Soul Nectar Show. Bye for now, everyone. Guess what? There's actually more. Jess, you couldn't get enough of Liz? Neither can I. Liz is going to talk to us about boundaries next, which is a topic I know so many of us are so curious about. How do I set effective boundaries with someone in a relationship? We're going to hear about that. And you're going to hear about it too when you become a member of Soul Nectar Tribe. You can join our Soul Nectar Tribe at carriehummingbird.com. That's K-E-R-R-I hummingbird.com forward slash membership. So join right now and you'll get access to this exclusive segment where Liz is going to share with us about boundaries. We all want to know about that. See you over there. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level.
Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Take a sip from the drip of nectar, from the source of who you are.